Welcome back to the Champs Corner Topical Podcast on Alabama football. I'm your host, Drew Champlin, to be joined by Mark Jennings in just a second. You can find the Champs Corner Podcast on any podcast platform. Go search for it on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, pretty much any platform you can find us. Please search and subscribe. We've got a lot to talk about. It's been a couple months since we chatted with you last. Alabama has gone from about 55th in the country to number two in the country in recruiting rankings. We will get to all those big-time prospects who have committed over the last few weeks shortly. Uh, but first, we're going to bring on Mark Jennings and talk about what he's been up to. So, uh, Mark, uh, how you doing? Drew, as always, you know I love being on your podcast. I am doing fantastic. You know, we haven't had to be on this, or been able to have a podcast in about two months. Uh, not since really our baseball broadcast, which I'm, I'm surprised you hadn't mentioned yet. We had over 7.4 million listeners. Uh, I'm pr- looking to, based on my performance for that uh, that broadcast, I'm looking into calling some fall sports with Roger Hoover as long as he doesn't get canceled by then. Uh, but, yeah, I'm doing fantastic, Drew. A lot of people have asked about my wife and Tom and how, and how they've been doing. They're back from their quarantine and uh, uh, back from Tennessee, and they uh, – they like to hang out and they like to watch uh, Tucker Carlson, Carlson a lot. Drew they like to watch reruns and watch the new shows and basically watch Tucker Carlson all day long, Drew. So uh, that's what they, they've been up to. I've been busy, as you know, breaking down film, running the course, a lot of other stuff I'll get into here in the podcast. But I am doing great. Thank you for asking. That's fantastic, Mark. And, yeah, the last time we were on the air, you can go back and listen to uh, – you can hear us broadcast the Alabama Cancel Ball, clinching the SEC championship, uh, the West Division regular season championship of the win over Ole Miss. It was a really exciting game. Some 30 or 40,000 people were there at Sewell Thomas Stadium. Alabama went on to win the SEC tournament, won a regional, but lost to Navy in the Super Regional. So it was a really tough scene there. Hey, Mark, uh, we just celebrated July 4th, although this, this July 4th was unlike any other one, was it? It really was, Drew. You know, we're going through this uh, this real trying time with our country, but uh, you wouldn't know that based on my fireworks spectacular. We had 30,000 people show up. It was great. Everyone wore masks. I made a lot of money by selling masks. As you know, you saw them on, on Twitter. Uh, it's $49 per mask, $99 for a pair. I made a whole bunch of money off people who forgot to wear masks, but of course, I wouldn't let you in without one. But uh we, had, we know we tested everybody before they came in. Part of your, uh, my intern Yorgo's role uh, was to create a test for, uh, for COVID-19, and he was able to get that done for me. And uh, uh, so we, we were able to produce 35,000 of them. And uh, thanks to, you know, we're very blessed that all 30,000 people came out negative on the test that Yorgo created. So uh, it was a very safe atmosphere, Drew. Real, I'm glad I was able to provide that for the community and uh, maybe give this some happiness here as we try to struggle through this pandemic. Yeah, that's great, Mark. Uh, what can you tell me a little bit more about Yorgo's uh, rapid response coronavirus test? I mean, you, I, I, I don't know all the exact details. I left that up to him, but you go, and apparently you pee on a stick or something, and you go in and take it. I didn't take it. I figure I don't have it. I didn't need to take it. But uh, you pee on a stick, and then 30 seconds later it pops out. It's a rapid response test that he developed. So I'm very proud of it. I have no clue how accurate it is or if it works or not, but it is enough, uh, you know, to get everybody in and, and get them, uh, you know, paying money for masks and, and souvenirs and concessions and whatnot. And, frankly, that's really what's most important. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm sure uh, I saw some pictures on Twitter. It seems like there were some people who had a great time. Uh, who were some of the celebrities that were there, Mark? 
Drew, I'm so glad you asked. We had a whole bunch of celebrities there. Of course, you know, Mr. Shinar, my personal attorney, I was able to get him in for free. Of course, I wouldn't have him pay for anything. Uh, my former Birmingham Iron players showed up. We got a bunch of uh, coronavirus experts like Dr. Sog and Dr. Ellen Eaton showed up. Uh, they, they told me that I couldn't tell anybody they were there because, of course, they're preaching and uh, social distancing and doesn't want anybody to know that they were there. But they were there. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, Mayor Woodfin tried to come in, but due to my current uh, uh, issues with him, uh, I did not allow him in. Uh, but Jamel Hill was there. Joseph Goodman was there. Cecil Hurt came and brought his, brought his cat, Slim Charles. Uh, Slim Charles was really the star of the show, to be honest with you. Uh, Josh Moon, uh, Cameron Luke Ratliff. Uh, you know, we love we love Cameron Luke Ratliff here on the show. Uh, Sean King, Sports Talk Barry, Nate Oates, um, and Hunter Johnson of the Tuscaloosa News was there. I think that's about it that's off the top of my head. I, I might be missing somebody. Yeah, was there any any, any media members? Like, uh, did, did you allow Michael Ca- Casagrande to come in? I, I did allow him in. He wanted to use the, the fireworks show to propose to his girlfriend. Uh, but I told him that that wasn't gonna that wasn't gonna happen because I paid for the fireworks and frankly I'm not gonna help out a member of the liberal media that way. So um, he tried to give me five thousand dollars to do it, but instead I gave him some. You know, I just gave him some advice on love and relationships. I'd probably be a lot more if he came up with his own thing to propose to his girlfriend. So uh, no, I, I did not allow uh, Michael Casahan Grenade to to propose at uh, at my fireworks show. Oh, that would have been really interesting. Uh, well, I'm glad, Mark, that it was such a big success. Um, over the last several podcasts, we talked about uh, your entry in the basketball tournament. And unfortunately, when they broadcasted this, I believe it was in Columbus, Ohio, everybody was quarantined. Uh, there was no no sign of your team there. Of course, there were no fans and all that, Mark. But, uh, you know, it seemed like you had really assembled a team that could have gone in there and, and won it. Uh and we've gotten a lot of e- emails and questions, you know, and, you know, questions to your Twitter account at Mark Jennings 55. Uh, why, why didn't your team play in this? Why didn't the Alabama alumni have a team that made these, this final 24 Mark? What can you say about that? Well, uh, Drew, I'm glad you asked. Cause frankly, I'm real disappointed. You know, that the players that I had put on this team, Drew, they, they, they're in it cause they love the game of basketball and they love sharing the game of basketball with the fans. And if they can't do that in front of the fans, Frankly, it, it didn't mean as much to them because, frankly, they could just go scrimmage somebody at the local gym if they wanted to do that. But they wanted to do this for the fans. And as soon as they found out that fans couldn't be in attendance, uh, you know, we we as a group decided that we were not going to be a part of the, the, the tournament at TBT, which is disappointing for me because I'd already sold 6,000 travel packages. Um, you know, but but that's who we are. We play in front of fans. You know, but we were doing great so far, Drew. I don't know how much updating you've had. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked. It was maybe we 12 games or so it was when we last chatted. Yeah, we ended up having a total of 25 exhibition games. And, Drew, we were a well-oiled machine. We were ready to go. We only lost one, and that's when the team picked up LeBron uh, at halftime to come back and meet us. But we beat teams like the Red Scare, the Golden Eagles, the Overseas Elite. Uh, we had them by double digits, Drew, back even when they had Joe Johnson. We beat Heard That. We beat House of Pain and Brotherly Love and several others, Drew. So we were really, uh, really fantastic. We beat the Marquette, Marquette team with Travis Diener. Um, they, the team ended up winning the tournament. We beat them by eight in the scrimmage. But we'll be back next year, Drew. Guys were pretty disappointed. But, again, uh, they don't do it just for themselves. They do it for the fans. And they wanted to make sure they go out and give a show for the fans next year. And uh, 
Uh, some I felt bad for that they were going to miss out on winning uh, all that money from the tournament. So I provided some of them with a significant stipend of $50,000 thanks to my, my wealth for my Dippin' Dots franchise and the golf course to hold them over until next year. So I thought that was something that everyone that made the final roster deserved. And, you know, starting starting in uh, in November, we'll go ahead and start having tryouts of preseason camps for next year. And, and we'll be ready to rock and roll next year, Drew. Don't you worry about that. I can't wait, Mark. And it's going to be fun next year when the tournament's able to be played in front of fans. And Mike can even get some home games down here, Mark, at Coleman Coliseum. I know that'll be a, like a Birmingham Iron home game with just 70,000 people and only 15 or so can fit in. Um you know, Mark, it's been a, it's been a really challenging summer with the coronavirus and all that, and there's been no camps for prospects. It's been such a big summer for kids who are going into, you know, 11th, 12th grade to go to these camps, and that's where they get offered when these coaches can see them in person, you know, on campus. They make the trip to Tuscaloosa. They show they're serious about going five hours to, you know, to this college's campus because that means they're, they're serious about going there for college. Mark um, – how has this affected the average high school senior, you know, without these opportunities to show off for college coaches? Well, Drew, first off, it's it's not true that there have been no camps for college prospects. There have been camps. I've been having camps back on, on my land. You know, I have all this land that I own, uh, acres and acres just, just rolling all throughout Alabama. And I turned a lot of it into 100-yard football fields and invited kids of all ages to come and have camps. And uh, kids don't have to pay to the, go to these camps, but adults have been coming. And uh, I charge admission if they're not with the kid, and I made a whole bunch of money since it's, uh, you know, making the money off the college coaches and members of the, of the media. Um, but everybody's been wearing masks. It's been a big hit. You know, out of these camps, Drew, uh, we got over 150 college commitments and over 2,000 scholarship offers. So it's been a, bit, a huge hit, Drew. And, you know, this is why I do this. This is why I sacrifice my time uh, and all my efforts for, for the love of recruiting and making and improving kids' lives and giving them an opportunity to really be – be a success story somewhere and really this, this camp's been the best it's th this camp experience for me it's been the best summer of my life it's been great exposure for the kids uh, it's given me a whole bunch of film I can break down later uh, and frankly it's just been a huge success and I'm so glad that I was able to offer it uh, to so many of these kids Drew. Hey that's outstanding Mark uh, I'm really happy to hear that and happy to hear that so many of these kids uh, the recruiting hasn't been halted. It seems like there's been plenty of commitments that you see throughout the summer, and I, I can now – I was wondering why, but now now this makes a lot of sense. How, Mark, has the camp being operated? Are you bringing in some people or or uh, just uh, Yorgo or anything well, like Yorgo, that? Yeah, Yorgo, the intern, has been running it. You know, he's the one in charge uh, supervising and, and, and doing all the organizing. My golf course workers have been running the drills – uh, they are having some trouble doing the Oklahoma drills the first week or so, but we got that figured out. Everything's gone pretty smooth since then. Uh, you know, we've had some tournaments, had some seven-on-seven -seven tournaments and some 11-on-11 11 11 that have gone full pads. we got schools from all over the country coming over. Uh, we got well, a couple schools from Canada. One, one school from Europe actually came over looking to get some work in. Uh, I guess they have a lot of money over there in Europe. I don't know how it works with their football programs. But uh, schools do pay an entry fee and sign waivers, and I've made a lot of money that way off of the uh, these football programs, Drew. Yeah, that's great to hear. Well, uh, now that we're getting into, you know, kind of gut check time for if there's going to be a college football season, you know, high school-wise, uh, Texas, they're going to play. Georgia's going to be a little delayed. Alabama's supposed to announce ready for play option on Thursday of course you never know what could happen when when testing or more if the cases keep going up but uh you know you've been asked a lot uh Mark 
uh, will college football be played this fall? And uh, are you worried about your dipping dots business? Because I know you've made a ton of money on that at Alabama home games over the last two years. Drew, that's a great question. I am concerned about my dipping dots business. That's why I, me and uh, a couple of other business owners are putting together a class action lawsuit to to, to sue many of these sports journalists who are trying to cancel football season. Uh, it's pretty selfish of them to want to try to keep fans away, uh, w- whether we have a season or not. You know, uh, they say the best outcome is to keep fans away. Well, that's not fair. You have a lot of small business owners who, who, who make a lot of money off of – and really who survive off of these home football game weekends. And uh, I, I'm getting together some people in a class action lawsuit led by Mr. Shannara, of course to uh, really put these guys in their place. And, frankly, we need to have fans in the, in the stands, Drew. Uh, not for me personally. I have enough wealth where I'll be able to get by because, um, you know, I have, I have, you know, an immaculate amount of wealth, and I certainly don't need dipping dots, but it does expand my wealth. But uh, the, the, the small business owners in lots of these towns don't, don't, uh, don't have the wealth that I do, and we certainly want to make sure they are compensated uh, for – for not having football season or not having fans in the stands. And that's really why we're putting this lawsuit together. Well, that's interesting, Mark. That's the first I've heard of that. Are there any specific members of the media that you're targeting with this lawsuit? Drew, I can't name any names right now. Um, again, we, we, you know, we don't want people to be avoiding any lawsuits. So what's it called when the when the somebody gives you a, a piece of paper that says you've been so you've been sued? What's that the called? Subpoena? Yeah. We want to make sure that the people who were subpoenaed actually get subpoenaed. Don't try to run and try to hide in another country or something. Maybe move to the Virgin Islands or, or, or Mexico or somewhere. So uh, well, we're in the early stages, Drew. I'll let you know how it goes. We got to, you know, hopefully uh, we end up having fans in the stands for college football. We're all masked up. But uh, that's neither here nor there. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Well, it sounds like you're putting some of these journalists on notice. Am, am I hearing this right? I didn't name any names, Drew. So if you're basically a journalist with a blue check mark by your Twitter name, you should be worried, concerned. I mean, Drew, I, 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 I'm not going to. It's, it's important that you cast a wide net, Drew. And, and that way, by catching the widest net, you can catch the most fish is all I'm going to say. understand there. Well, I look forward to seeing how this all turns out. But hopefully it won't be anything, and hopefully we'll have football with a few fans in the stands if it's safe to do so. Uh, Mark, let's talk about some recruits, and and there are a lot of them to get to, and we'll talk more about some and probably not as much about others, but we've got some uh, comps for all of them. We'll start with Nate Oates, and uh, he picked up a big commitment from uh, Alex Chaku. Chaku, I believe he is a six foot 200-pound forward big man from originally from France. It looks like he's been playing some prep ball in the United States. You can go into that, Mark, but uh, – he was a guy who reclassified from 2021 to 2020 class. He has signed with Alabama. Uh, just another big-time player, big-time recruit that Nate Oates has added for uh, for next season. So what can you tell us about Alex Chaku? Drew, he's a, he's a fantastic player. He's 6'11", he's 200 pounds. He's going to put on 20 to 30 more pounds in college, Drew. He's out of a Dream City Christian in Arizona, which is really not just a great basketball school. It's one of the top academic schools in the country. Uh, so you know he's going to be ready to go not only uh, on the basketball floor but in the classroom when he gets to Tuscaloosa. He's from France originally, as you mentioned before. Coach Hodgson uh, learned how to speak French in order to ease a language barrier, and that really was the uh, the key in getting uh, the commitment of Alex Chaku. He's a big guy. He can stretch the floor and he can dribble, but he needs to, he needs to get stronger. As I mentioned, he's put on a lot of muscle. 
He's a, he's a developmental guy, but if he keeps working hard and keeps putting out a lot of muscle mass, he could get drafted in the first round next year just based on potential alone, Drew. Well, that's interesting, uh, Mark. I didn't know Coach Hodgson taught himself French to, uh, to secure this commitment. Uh, you learn something new every day when you listen to the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. Who would you compare Alex Chaku to? Drew, I am so glad you asked. You know, the fans of the podcast, they, they love my comparisons. And uh, uh, when I look at Alex Chaku play basketball, he reminds me a lot of another foreign-born player. Of course, I'm talking about here, Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Drew, do you remember Thanasis Antetokounmpo? Yeah, is he the one who's uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo's younger brother, that one? That Thanasis Antetokounmpo? That's the exact same one, Drew. He's not as talented as his older brother, Yanis, but Thanos is a pretty good player himself, Drew. Uh, Alex Taku is a little taller than Thanos, but they've got the same type of skill set, and uh, Alex Taku is going to have a huge impact on the Alabama basketball program uh, because he reminds me a lot of Thanos and Tukunkopo. All right. Well, um, I wonder, Marka, does this mean uh, will John Petty be returning for his senior year, or will, or will he stay in the NFL draft or NBA draft? Excuse me. That's a great question, Drew, and really the only person that knows that right now is John Petty, and frankly, I'm not sure that he is, is even sure what he's going to do, but uh, you look at JV and Davis entering the transfer portal and, and really uh, yeah, being sure, we're, we're 100% sure at this point that he's moving on. Uh, I would expect uh, John Petty to come back based on that information, but I, again, I don't think anybody knows other than John Petty at this point, Drew. All right, well, Let's move on to football then. I think we'll find out sometime in early August, maybe August 3rd is the uh, when, when you have to make your decision to come back. So um, uh, Alabama's up to, I believe it's 15 pledges right now for the 2021 class. And one, uh, the first one we'll talk about is a guy who I saw play for IMG Academy when they played at Hoover High School this year. I'm pretty sure you were not at that game, Mark, but his name's J.C. Latham, and he's a pretty elite offensive tackle. Yeah, Drew, you know, I wasn't at that game, but I've seen all his film, Drew. He's a fantastic player. He's 6'6", 305, really your prototypical uh, offensive tackle. Got those long arms, got that that big rear of him for him that really gives him that big base and allows him to stand strong. He's a five-star recruit. He reminds a lot of a guy out of Modesto, California, Drew, played in the Pac-8, went on to have a pretty successful uh, NFL career, made, I think, four or five Pro Bowls. Unfortunately, some injuries derailed his career. But, of course, I'm talking about Tony Baselli, Drew. Do you remember Tony Baselli? Yeah, I think he played for the Jaguars, one of the first players for the Jacksonville Jaguars, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was the first pick in the first pick in Jaguars history, uh, if I recall correctly. But he went on to have a fantastic NFL career, Drew, and I expect J.C. Latham to do the same. All right, what about uh, Dallas Turner out of South Florida? Uh, another great player, Drew. I, I like Dallas Turner a lot. He's a six-four, two hundred thirty-five pound defensive end uh, from St. Thomas Aquinas in in Fort Lauderdale, which I know very well thanks to my numerous trips to Tilt and Kilt. Uh, but he reminds me a lot of a guy actually out of the state of Mississippi uh, went on had a had a pretty successful NFL career. Hopefully he can get back on track. Of course, I'm talking about Alden Smith. You remember Alden Smith threw? Yeah, the same one who was the Big 12 defensive freshman of the or Big 8 defensive freshman of the year in 2009 for Missouri. That's correct, Drew. That Alden Smith. All right. Yeah, I definitely remember him. Uh, sticking with the Florida prospect, how about Christian Leary? He looks like a pretty talented receiver in, out of Orlando. Yeah, Drew, he, he's got a lot of skills. He's 5'9", 190. He's a pretty shifted guy. 
uh, Edgewater High at Orlando. He's a slot guy. Uh, he runs really good routes. He's heady. He's like a coach on the field right out there. Of course, he reminds me of, of one of my favorite NFL players, Julian Edelman, Drew. Do you remember Julian Edelman? Yeah, uh, out of Woodside, California, that Julian Edelman. That Julian Edelman, Drew, the exact same one. All right, that's what I thought it was, but I just wanted to be sure. Uh, Kane Williams, he's a big safety out of John Errett High in New Orleans. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Uh, he's a big hitter, Drew. He's 6'2", 205. He's real strong. He's already pretty strong uh, for a high school player, but once he gets to college level uh, uh, weight training program, he's going to put on even more muscle mass. He reminds me a lot of a guy uh, out of the state of Georgia, went on to have a real successful playing career and really one of the best coaches we have going on today in coaching. Of course, Will Muschamp, Drew. Do you remember Will Muschamp? Yeah, the same Will Muschamp who was on the SEC Academic Honor Roll in 1993, that Will Muschamp. At Will Muschamp, Drew, I'm impressed you knew about the academic all-academic all, all honor roll, Drew. That's a, that's a tidbit that most people don't know about. Yeah, well, that's what they're for. They're, they're, players go to college first and foremost to get a college education. Um, Kadarius Callaway, he was a guy who was, I believe, committed to Mississippi State, but it looks like Alabama flipped him a little while ago. Yeah, he's, uh, he's listed as an athlete, Drew, at six foot. 210, but he's probably going to be a safety at the next level at, level out of Philadelphia, Mississippi. Reminds me of another guy who uh, played in the SEC, played in the SEC West. I believe he's a, he's a podiatrist or an orthodontist now or something. I don't know what he is. He's not playing football anymore. But of course, I'm talking about Rob Pate. You remember Rob Pate, Drew? Yeah, uh, the optometrist, Dr. Rob Pate. I don't know what that is, Drew. Yeah, I think he uh, helps people see better, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, I'm sure. I hope you know. I'm sure if he's as good as an optometrist or podiatrist as he was a football player, he's he's probably pretty good at being a doctor. Yeah. Hey, do you know where Rob Pate lives? I don't know, Drew. He lives in Hoover, Alabama. Is he is he okay? Is he safe? Is hey, he alive? Yeah, I think he was on uh on one of those radio shows every Friday morning during college football season. So I guess we'll find out if he's alive this well, fall. I hope he's okay. If, he, he if, if anybody associated with Rob or has any family members want us to let us know that want us to well let us know that he's safe and doing okay, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, you can tweet that at Mark Jennings fifty five. Is Rob Pate hashtag is Rob Pate safe? Hashtag is Rob Pate safe? Absolutely, and I think uh, Rob's Twitter handle is at Rob Pate. Um, uh, Devontae Smith, and this is uh, Alabama's going to graduate wide receiver Devontae Smith, and they've got another one coming in, uh, same spelling and all, but he is a cornerback out of Columbus, Ohio. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, Andrew, I really like his skills as a cornerback. He's uh, um, athletically, he's pretty good, but I really like his skills as a cornerback. He's already very mature as a player. Uh, again, that's six foot 185 out of Columbus, Ohio. Reminds me of one of my favorite Birmingham Iron players that we had, Drew, of course, that magical season of going five and two. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Chris Davis, Drew. Do you remember Chris Davis? Yeah, wasn't he also a pretty good kick returner and punt returner as well? He was, Drew. I, I'm impressed that you remember that. Yeah, he's a fantastic uh, – it really helps you out not only on, on the defensive side of the ball and the secondary, but to help you out in special teams too. And I expect Devontae Smith to do the same thing for Alabama, Drew. All right. Uh, Alabama got a pretty talented linebacker commitment out of Duncanville, Texas, Kendrick Blackshire. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, real smart kid. I like him a lot. Drew, he's 6'2", 245 pounds. Reminds me a lot of a kid out of Huntsville, Alabama, graduate of J.O. Johnson High School, played in the SEC, and really uh, was on some uh, some pretty good teams in the SEC and was a pretty good player. Of course, I'm talking about James Willis. Do you remember James Willis, Drew? 
yeah, didn't he play for the Birmingham Thunderbolts uh, some 20 years ago? Yeah, that was a long time ago, Drew. But, yeah, he played in the the original XFL, Drew. Once that uh, that league folded, he got into coaching and uh, – uh, really had a pretty good coaching career. I believe he's in Louisiana somewhere coaching right now. I'm not real sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, James Will is a fantastic player, Drew. All right. Uh, we'll finish up with three offensive linemen. The first two are twin brothers, Tommy Brockermeyer and James Brockermeyer. They're both from Fort Worth, Texas, and they are Texas legacies. But they're going to Alabama, Mark. Uh, give us some intel on this recruitment. Well, you know, uh, I told Cedric the only way you're going to be able to get uh, – yeah, yeah, to, you know, and the only way there, you know, when you have brothers, one is always better than the other one, right? Right. Uh, you know, whether it's like you know Brooke or Robin Lopez, uh, or, or something like that, one's always better. Well, I told I told Cedric that uh, uh, if you want to get both the, uh, the the good Brock and Meyer, I'm not gonna say which one's better, but but Tommy is rated higher in, on my board. But if you want to get both of them, you gotta both, offer both Tommy and. James and Cedric Liston, that's what they do. You know, their dad played often a lot of Texas in the early 90s. Uh, Tommy's a Tommy's a, a good player, Drew. He reminds a lot of a Matt McCants. You might know Matt McCants played at UAB, had a stint in the NFL, of course, played for played for our iron uh, there, during last year. And then and then James Brockermeyer, he's a pretty good player. He's the center. Tommy's often to tackle. James is the center. Uh, he reminds me a lot of a, a JC Hassenauer. So um uh, they're both they're both good players. Tommy is just significantly better. Tommy six six two eighty three, uh, play offensive tackle. And you expect Tommy Brockemeyer and J C Latham to be the bookend for the offensive line for the next three years in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, James J C Hasenauer played for your Birmingham Iron too, right? He did, Drew. Did I not mention that? I apologize. I don't think so, but that's 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 no that's no big deal. Uh, and then Alabama gets a big commitment from Terrence Ferguson, not to be confused with the basketball player who committed to Avery Johnson but didn't follow through four or five years ago, right when we were just getting started with this podcast. But this Terrence Ferguson is an offensive lineman, Mark. Yeah, Drew. Uh, Terrence Ferguson is six foot four, 300-pound offensive guard, a little bigger than what you see coming out of high school for an offensive guard. Usually 300-pound guys in high school will be playing tackle. But uh, he projects to be he projects to be a guard to the next level. He is he is an angry player, Drew. He plays angry. He plays aggressive. He reminds me a lot of a guy who played uh, played his football in the Big East. Uh, fantastic player, won a couple national championships. Of course, I'm talking about Mario Cristobal, Drew. Do you remember Mario Cristobal? Yeah, is this the same Mario Cristobal who was the head coach at Florida International University about a decade and a half ago? That's correct, or I believe he's now in the Pac-8 as a head coach. I haven't checked lately. You know, of course, I don't follow the college game very much. But, uh, uh, yeah, Mario Cristobal. All right, yeah, heck of a player, heck of a coach. Um, well, Mark, uh, we've got a lot of questions. You know, a lot of people have been wondering where we were. Um, but, so we have a lot of listener questions. We picked the, you know, the best few out of, out of the bunch. Uh, Yorgo, I think, had something to do with that, Mark. But first off, tell everybody how they can reach you on social media and through email. Well, Drew, we get so many great questions, and I appreciate all. We have the best listeners in the world, Drew, the millions of people who listen to our podcast. Thank you guys so much. Uh, if you want to tweet at me, uh, my Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. Or you can, you can email me. My email address is markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com. That's markbreaksdownfilm, one word, at aol.com. 
uh, Yorgo, the intern, is checking all those constantly. That's part of it. one of his main duties is to check the, check the, the email and the Twitter accounts. Uh, you, you email me or you tweet at me. Actually, I prefer Twitter, to be honest with you. But you can do one of those, and I'll get back with you as soon as I can. And, and if you're lucky, I'll answer your question on the podcast. All right. We hear from Hunter Letson on Twitter. Uh, Mark, if BYU comes to play in Tuscaloosa, that's the big uh, – News as of late, you know, Matt Zenitz of AL.com first reported it uh, as because U.S. is the Pac-8 and the Big Ten are just going to play conference-only schedules. If BYU comes to play in Tuscaloosa, what religious considerations do we need to make to welcome the Mormons? Well, the the the, the games only have to be played it during the day because you play the game on Saturday night. There's the risk that it rolls over into Sunday. And, it will, of course, as, as we both know, uh, BYU doesn't play on Sunday. So the game's going to have to be uh, uh, on Saturday morning. Um, uh, th- that's, the, that's the main consideration, I think. What was the other part of that question, Drew? Yeah, just what, uh, re- basically what religious considerations do we need to make to welcome BYU and their fans and whoever may be coming? I'm not totally sure, Drew. Um, I, I haven't talked to um, Mr. Young or Brigham Young or whoever it is that runs the Mormon Church now of whether accommodations that we need. I don't know if we need to provide them with, you know, different. I know they use a different Bible. Maybe instead of take all the Gideon Bibles out of the hotel room, give them the Mormon Bibles. I don't know what I don't know what that is. Um, so anything that we could possibly do, Drew, I, I, or Alabama could possibly do, I'm not totally sure at this point. Um, but I'm glad you got that question, though, because that's something I haven't really thought about, and I have to look into that, Hunter. Okay. Uh, you know, you said that um, any anybody who commits to BYU or Utah automatically becomes a Mormon. Is there any religious conversions that could happen in this game if it's played? Um, well, will will hand to hand or physical contact make you make you? Is that the question? Will I think so. Yeah. Mormon? Uh, I, I'm not totally sure from my understanding that it, it's only a geographical thing that as long as the game's being played in Tuscaloosa, there is no risk or danger of, of swapping religions. Um, that is my understanding of how it works. I, I, I don't believe that physical contact matters because, you know, you know, they had the, the, a lot of them going to come door to door. You know, you get the door to door people come knocking your door and try to make you become a Mormon. You know how those people, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Drew? Yeah, we get a few of those here and there. Yeah, you get some of those. I don't think that – because if you shake their hand, I don't think you automatically become Mormon. Otherwise, that they would just, just try to touch you and then you become – I don't think that's the way it works. Okay. Uh, that's just my pro- – I'm not a scientist, though, Drew. I don't, I don't understand all the, all the science behind it. Rob Pate might know the answer to this. He's a doctor. That's true. He is a doctor. Hey, we hear from Brett Hudson. Mark – can we get an update on the hand sanitizer business? Hope it's been profitable enough to use some of the money to expand the Dippin' Dots empire. And this is, I've confirmed, Brett Hudson of the Tuscaloosa News. Uh, Brett, I appreciate your question. But again, I cannot go into this, into the success uh, or how successful my businesses are going thanks to my pending uh, lawsuit against you, Brett Hudson, and the other members of the liberal media. I cannot go into that. Um, so, uh, frankly, it, it's, it's, um, kind of disappointing that uh, if it were up to me, I wish Mr. Hudson would be spending more time trying to get fans in call in the stadium instead of, um, asking me how my business is doing. My business would do it, be doing better if Mr. Hudson would write more articles about how we need to get fans in the stands. So that, that would make my business do better. Cause what's the most important here is, you know, we could sacrifice a little bit of safety. 
But me, I'm a capitalist. I, I want to make as much money as possible, and I'm willing to risk a few lives in the stands to make that happen, Drew. Yeah, I understand that, Mark. Uh, we hear from Cynthia at CD Tide. Mark, will Bryant Denny have hot water in the restrooms this fall? Will it matter? I don't, I don't know, Drew. I don't, I don't use the commoner restrooms at Bryant Denny. Is, is there a hot water problem? Uh, well, you know, they did all the, con- the construction in the off season. So I imagine I mean, they Drew, get- don't you, don't you work for a, like a, a magazine that's all about getting water to people? Yeah. That uh, your little uh, job. In fact, I do. And if you go search and subscribe for the pumps and systems podcast, there's 42 episodes already. The most recent one was on sizing a pump correctly, but, uh, I would imagine there will be some hot water in, in the restrooms this fall if, if they let you use them. Um, you know, uh, because of the coronavirus concerns, they may not want people turning the knob left or right or turning the knob on the left. That would be the one that turns the hot water on. So, you know, um, whatever uh, whatever they need to do to save money, I'm sure they'll do. But I'm, I'm pretty sure there, there could be some hot water in the restrooms this fall. Drew, have you ever done a podcast on hot water? Uh, not specifically hot water. We've hit on wastewater, groundwater, stormwater, and I guess that water is, is hot here and there. I imagine if it's further in the ground, it's probably hotter. Probably so, yeah. Okay. All right. That was a uh, great question, Cynthia. I'm sorry I don't have a good answer, but maybe Drew will answer it on his next Pumps and Systems podcast, which you should subscribe to. I hope so. Uh, that's also an Apple and Google and SoundCloud. We hear from Coach Letterman at Three Year Letterman. Uh, Mark, how do you get your incredible sources and scoops? Well, first off, Coach Letterman, I'm a huge fan of yours as well, so thank you for uh, uh, tweeting me that question. But I've always said it's all about building relationships with people, Drew. You always have to build relationships with people. you got to look them in the eye and shake your hand and, you know, uh, make a charming, disarming comment. Once you do that, you can really develop and build relationships and earn trust with people. And, you know, you're only going to get as much out of someone as you're willing to give them yourself, you know, whether it's in terms of trust or information. Uh, you know, you just got to build relationships with people and really make them think that they are important. Uh, that's really the most important thing. And once you, once you do that, you can have relationships all over the world. You know, me, you know, I started out, you know, breaking down, filming my projector and, and contacting my local high school coaches. And look at me now, Drew, and I use the same philosophy I have now that I always had. And that's just to work hard and, and really just care about people in general, whether it's a, a, a coach in the NFL or a five-star prospect or a, a guy that's just, you know, just playing out the playing out a high school his high school dream and that's as far as you're ever gonna go, Drew. So uh, it's all about just building relationships, Drew. Yeah, no doubt about that. We hear from uh uh War Dam Horses, that's at Horses Dam, uh just D A M, not the profanity. Mark, can you explain to me why the NCAA is restricting on campus recruiting for equestrian? Horses can't catch the virus, so they should be allowed to do their official visits. Do we know horses can't catch the virus? Is that uh, something that has been scientifically proven? Because they said the same thing about dogs, and dogs can get it. Yeah, I haven't seen any any news articles about horses getting the virus. Rob Pate would know the answer to this. Yeah, we should get Rob, Dr. Rob Pate. Uh, first show. off, I hope he's safe. That's the first concern. If you might know, ask him if horses can get coronavirus. We'll, we'll pass that along. I think he might. So, if have... anybody knows Rob, first make sure he's okay, and second, ask him if horses can get COVID nineteen. That sounds like a great idea. Um, we hear from another Auburn fan, Miles Espy. 
Mark, who are you voting for in the presidential election? Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Or are you writing in a more sensible candidate like Marianne Williamson or Roy Moore? Thanks for all you do. Well, I'm, I'm not big into politics, Drew. I think we've talked about this, but I do have one main focus in this upcoming election. And, uh, you know, uh, he was the first choice to lead uh, the Birmingham Iron for me. And frankly, he's going to make uh, a fantastic center. And I've spent all of my free time not breaking down film or running camps or running golf courses or suing uh, reporters. Uh, I'm all of my free time trying to make sure that, that Coach Tuberville becomes Senator Tuberville. And he's just going to do a fantastic job representing the state of Alabama, even though he might not live in Alabama. He's going to do a fantastic job representing Alabama in the Senate. And I can't wait to see him uh, in Washington, D.C., Drew. Yeah, I think he's got a pretty good chance to win uh, with his party in Alabama. Um, uh, We hear from Jim Ballard at Oh No Jimbo. Mark, yesterday Americans celebrated the 51st anniversary of the moon landing. He's got moon landing in quotation marks. Could you tell us how this historic event has changed Sand Mountain over the years? Well, for the people that know and for the people that aren't fooled by uh, the, the, the worldwide conspiracy that America actually landed on the moon and everybody knows the truth they landed in the Sand Mountain, there's been a huge influx of tourism dollars in the Sand Mountain. Uh, you, have, you drive through Sand Mountain, any of those cities there, Albertville, Boaz, you're going to see just a wonderful array of strip malls there, uh, a, lot of, a lot of places to get a tan, a lot of tanning bed salons. Um, I believe there are still some video rental stores in those areas. Uh, you know, Albert, excuse me, Albertville is the fire hydrant capital of the world, Drew, and that doesn't happen with that huge influx of, of, of capital, financial capital that come in after that moon landing. So if it wasn't for that, Albert will Boaz, lots of places in Northeast Alabama might be, uh, might be ghost towns by this point. So thankfully uh, people who know what really happened with the moon landing have gone there and really spent a lot of money there and really made the whole thing work for uh, those, the citizens of those cities. No doubt about it. And we finished the podcast with a question from Alabama pro updates at Bama pro updates. Uh, Mark, if the SEC defers the 2020 fall football schedule to January, who will be Alabama's long snapper since Thomas Fletcher will almost certainly be skipping to prepare for the draft? Well, uh, you know, I encouraged Thomas Fletcher just to go pro last year, uh, but I think he wants to stick around. But, again, if they delay the football season to the spring, I can't imagine that he would stick around. So, uh, I have a list of names from uh, grad transfers I've given to Cedric. Um, that, that they should be actively recruiting. But, again, I can't go any specific names because I can't get into that because I'll get in trouble for tampering. Uh, and so I really can't go into there. But uh, with that extra semester, a lot of people are going to graduate in the fall that wouldn't have graduated. And now they're going to have an extra year of eligibility that can use that to transfer somewhere else. And so I think you're going to see a huge wave of grad transfers uh, all across the country. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about it, Drew, because I get to, uh, you know, move some chess pieces around and get some players and really uh, get them in places that are the best fits for them. So I'm excited about it, though. Uh, but, yeah, uh, for the long snap, we're going to have a slew of long snapping uh, transfer possibilities for Alabama in the spring, in spring, 20, uh, spring 2021, I should say. All right, look forward to seeing what happens with that, but hopefully we're just playing football this fall. Well, that'll wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. It's been two long months. I know you guys have been uh, really anxious for when the next podcast would come out. We are happy to bring this to you. Please go search and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Um, Mark Jennings, thanks so much for joining me again. 
Drew, as always, it's a pleasure to come on your podcast. Let's not wait two months like we did this time, all right? I agree. We will talk to you guys later. <laughs>